Father, we thank You this morning. Holy Spirit, You are holy. You're holy in this place. And You're holy in us, Your people. Just thank You, Lord, for all the prophetic utterances. All the uh, 1 Corinthians 14.3 edification, exhortation, and comfort that came forth today. Lord, we know that You're serious and sober about us walking in holiness. Forgive us when we've not had a proper fear and respect of You. Forgive us of that. And now just, Lord, show us in Your Word um, how to walk this out. How we walk and talk with You. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. Amen. I want to read this to you. It's uh, a word from Wednesday, July 26th that was given to one of our worship team members. The Lord says, I want to tell you all a secret. And there was an emphasis on excitement. The Lord was excited. He said, I want to tell you a secret. My divine intention from the beginning of time has been to reveal myself to you from within you. To continually declare unto you all that I am to you. All that I have for you. All that I am for others through you. Because you've accepted the promise I've given regarding my son. I will now bestow the richness and abundance of my love within you until you're overflowing. Christ now in you will source and transform the very splendor of my character in and through you both now and forever. Well, that's confirmation. So welcome with a joyful confidence the continual revelation of me, my nature, my complete fullness, the favor I have in you. Walk in the reality that the anointed one lives inside you. Walk in the reality that the healer, deliverer, provider, prince of peace, faithful friend lives inside you. Walk in the reality that he's the never-ending supply of my presence inside you. He is the never-ending well of living water that flows out of you in this world and to, and to this world, and it will no longer just be our secret. Amen. <laughs> but this outpouring I am doing will erupt and introduce the Christ that's in you to others. Amen. Amen. May begin with you, it won't end with you. We had 80, I don't know, 80 something, I never got the count, but we had 80 something men at the men's breakfast yesterday, including three other churches, one from Spencer, one from Nakoma Park, and one from Midwest City. And we had a powerful time. It rolled till, I don't know, it was about 10:15, and they still weren't done yet. And uh, if you've been to breakfast before, I mean, a lot of times we're pretty much done by 10, but the Lord is doing some great things. And so I just thank God. I wanted to testify about uh, how good Yesterday went, we had, I don't know, about 12 different table captains, guys who do small group discussion there, because uh, we want the guys to talk, not have a monologue. We want to talk about who we are and where we're headed. So um, I want to go to Exodus chapter 30. We've been talking about the anointing, and I don't, you know, have a lot of time. Exodus 30, verse 31, the Lord said, You shall speak to the children of Israel, saying, This shall be a holy anointing oil to me throughout your generations, and it shall not be poured on man's flesh, nor shall you make anything else like it. According to its composition, it's holy, and it shall be holy to you. God's serious, and that's just the type and shadow. How many of you know Christ means anointing, the anointed one? So Jesus Christ, Christ isn't His last name. 
Jesus is the anointing. And where is Christ now? He's in you. So God's plan all along was to anoint you with the anointed one. Everybody say, I'm anointed. Boy, it's sober in here this morning. I like it. I like it. We need to embrace what He tells us to do. How about that word? Obedience is the greatest form of spiritual warfare there is. Thank you, Lord. Don't pour it on flesh. And I taught you that whatever you put that oil on, we see in the Old Testament shadow, was sacred for God's use and not to be used for anything else. It was sacred. If that anointing oil, 5.7, uh, I always forget, what is it? Quartz. Yeah. <laughs> 5.7 quartz was poured all over you. That's one and a half gallons. I do remember that. It was serious. And so whatever was anointed with that special perfume, that ointment, that anointing oil was set apart for God's use and not to be used for something else. And I'm telling you that the Lord anointed you. He called you. He set you apart. He sanctified you. He sanctioned you. All for His use. And I don't know if you're like me. I think sometimes over the years we get, we get muddied. We get muddy water in the whole thing. Like, well, there's this American dream and isn't this what I'm supposed to be doing? And what about this? And how, what about that? And things that creep in from the world and we forget how anointed we are. That we belong to Him for His purpose. Not the world's purpose. And it's a holy calling. Everybody say it's a holy calling. It is a holy calling. And 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 9 says you've been called not by your works, not because you earned it, but according to His grace and according to His purpose. And I love that the Lord said, this shall be holy to you because it's holy to me. And if you can't see it, let me tell you who does see it. The kingdom of darkness sees how anointed you are. I mentioned last week, it shouldn't be safe for the devil to get within six feet of you. Unless you're asleep. And you don't know who is in you. That you are anointed. You're the flow of the anointing in the earth right now. You, you guys are. The body of Christ. The body of what? Anointing. We're the anointing in the earth right now. And that's not been our mindset. Usually our mindset is, okay, I need to get blessed. How do I quit sinning? How do I manage my, you know, my sin issues? How do I get myself blessed? And we never once realize we're the anointing that's flowing in the earth right now. The body of Christ. Christ means the anointing. He traded, I showed you this in John 12, 24. He traded the carpenter's suit for all of our suits. They wanted to make him famous and take him to Athens, you know, and the Greeks were going to promote all of his teachings and he wouldn't have to suffer and die. He never even met with them. He simply said, this was his response when the two disciples told him they wanted to meet with him. Unless a grain of wheat goes into the ground and dies, it'll be the only one. But if it goes in the ground and dies, it'll bring forth much grain. Let's shift our mindset. We've heard that a lot this morning. Shift our mindset. When you go, I'm going to Los Tapatios today. I'm sorry for those of you who thought I was serious last week. But I am serious today. I am going there today. When we go into a restaurant, when we go into Walmart, when we go into Tinker Air Force Base, the anointing 
has just walked in there. All authority in heaven and earth has been given unto Christ. So go and disciple, he said in Matthew 28. The kingdom of darkness knows how sacred you are, how set apart you are. We need to, we need to clue in and see what God sees. The Lord told me this week, Steve, you guys need to quit giving what is sacred to the dogs and quit casting your pearls before swine. Don't take Christ into places that He shouldn't be. Here's 1 Corinthians 6.15. Do you not know that your bodies are members of the anointing? Your bodies are members of Christ, the anointed one. So, shall we take the members then of Christ Himself, take the members of this sacred, sanctioned anointing, and go join it to a harlot? Then He says, God forbid. Or do you not know that whoever is joined to a harlot becomes one body with her? For the two shall become one. But he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with Him. You're anointed with the anointed one. You reckon that the kingdom of darkness knew when Jesus was coming to town? Sure they did. They'd cry out a lot of times. Son of David, what do you have to do with us? Ron Bridges, I can't remember. Where's Ron? Where were you when the lady said, I know who you are. Where were you? In an airport? He's on an airplane and a lady didn't even know said, I know who you are. Was it son of the living God? Is that what the thing said? <laughs> it wasn't the woman. Whoever is joined to the Lord is one spirit with Him. You, you have a body, an earth suit, that is now part of Christ Himself, the anointing. So flee sexual immorality. Every sin that a man does is outside the body, but whoever commits sexual immorality... Uh, sins against his own body. Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit whose first name is Holy? (laughs) That was good. Temple of the Holy Spirit who's in you, whom you have from God. You're not your own. Your life isn't yours. Why are you easily offended? Your life's not even yours. You're dead. Well, I'll tell you, those people just didn't treat me right. At what point do we grow up and other people's behavior is not about us? That we got to take everything personally. You can't treat me like that. i got rights. No, you don't. If you're in Christ, you're dead. How come you don't have compassion for that person? How come you can't pray for that person? How come you can't, you know, encourage them, edify them? I mean, preach the gospel to them. Now, let me run them down instead. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. You're not your own. You were bought at a price. So glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which belong to... God. Wow. Your union with Christ, you're in union with Him, so you're in union with the anointing. So what do we need to do? Early on we talked about be in the right place, have the right heart posture, be receptive, be available. We talked to the men yesterday about you cannot lead in your home by the arm of the flesh. And we've all tried it. One of our favorites is if you have to tell them you're the leader, you're not. You're doing it wrong. Men, you know, in your home, you can lead by what you supply, not by what you demand. Lead by your receptivity and your availability, just like Christ in the church. And so Christ isn't separate from the anointing. 
Let's change our mindset and realize, hey, I am anointed and I don't want to give this, uh, this purity. I'm so pure. I've been so set apart. Like, I wish you could just see it. Maybe, maybe we should just line you up and do it. And I'll pour a gallon and a half of anointing oil, sacred oil on your head so you can really get it down in you. I've been set apart. Well, that's right. It already happened to you, didn't it? By the Spirit. But I want us to trade in the Western mindset of, well, you know, it's about me getting blessed and how's my personal life. And the... No, be Christ-centered, Christ-sourced, and others-minded. That's maturity. Yeah, Christ-sourced, Christ-centered, and others-minded. Tie the anointing to the very presence of Christ in you. Aren't you glad you don't have to beg for the anointing? You don't have to ask God to anoint you. You're already anointed. And the anointing's a person. He's in you. That's, I didn't say it in recap because I didn't have time, but we're talking about the Holy Spirit. Well, why are we talking about the anointing, Brother Steve? Because He has governing functions. The Holy Spirit has things in Scripture like the Spirit of life in Christ or the Spirit of truth or the Spirit of holiness. Those are governing functions that the Holy Spirit executes. That's how we can get to know Him. And one of those that He executes is the anointing. That's how we get to know Him, why we're talking about Him. He's got these governing functions that He oversees. We've got biblical descriptions of who He is. And so tie, tie the anointing to the presence of Christ in you and then walk in sincerity and humility and availability and never forget how much you need Him. That the treasure, 1 Corinthians 4, 7, that you have, the treasure in this earthen vessel is so everyone will know the power is of God and not of you. Let's do a few others and then we'll wrap up. 1 Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians 4, 1 through 8. Finally, dear brothers and sisters, we urge you in the name of the Lord Jesus to live in a way that pleases God. We've taught you this. You live this way already. We encourage you to do so even more. Can we continue growing in our character? Amen. Verse 2. For you remember what we taught you by the authority of the Lord Jesus, that God's will, New King James says, is your sanctification. God's will is for you to be holy, so stay away from sexual sin. Each of you will control his own body and live in holiness and honor. Amen. Let's live in holiness and honor. Not in lustful passion. Like the pagans who don't know God and His ways. What does holiness and honor even look like? How about this? How about we grow and mature to the point where I value someone else's relationship with Christ over my relationship with them? I care more about your relationship with Christ, how you're doing, how you're walking with Him, than I care about how you made me feel. And I don't want to defraud you, lie on you, trip you up, curse you. I don't want to do anything of that. I don't want to cause you to stumble. Why? Because I care more about your walk with Christ than I care about you and I's relationship. Everybody say, Lord, mature us. Verse 6, never harm or cheat a fellow believer in this matter by violating his wife. For the Lord avenges all such sins as we have solemnly warned you before. He's saying it's serious. The call to holiness is serious. Do not commit adultery. Don't take your brother's wife or your sister's husband and so forth. Verse 7, God has called us to live holy lives, not impure lives. And you know what? I think a lot of our struggle has just been, we found this with the men. We talked about it yesterday. Men are finally starting to believe they can live the life. We can live it. We can live it. We can. We can, we can live a Christ-sourced life. 
Amen. You guys ever been to the point where the enemy beats you up so much you just think you're, you don't have any value, I can't do it, I've tried a hundred times? And, yeah. Well, apart from Him, we can't do it. That part is true. So fully surrender. Fully give yourself to Him. We're overcoming that negative posture. Verse 8, Therefore, anyone who refuses to live by these rules is not disobeying human teaching, but is rejecting God who gives us, there you go, the Holy Spirit. Last one, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1. Imitate God, therefore, in everything you do, because you're His dear children. Live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. He loved us and offered Himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. Everybody remember the aroma of the anointing? You're the fragrance of Christ to God. You don't smell like B.O. to God. You smell like Christ. You smell like the anointing. All that cinnamon, all that fragrance from Exodus chapter 30. Which, by the way, can I pause and take time out and say, Exodus 29, Rachel, that's, that's a powerful word. The mixing of blood and oil. We've seen raining blood. That's what uh, Miriam saw. Gretchen saw raining oil. That was the thing she was checking to see if it was on the floor. What's he, why is he doing all that? Why the symbolism? He is anointing us... For priesthood. Apply it to... Uh, who was it? Aaron and his sons? Yeah, apply it to Aaron and his sons so they can be priests unto me. Exodus 30 says the same thing. Verse 3, Let there be no sexual immorality, impurity, or greed among you. Such sins have no place among God's people. Wow. It's an awakening. It's not awakening to try harder. It's awakening to the one who's in you and who you really are. That you've been marked and set apart by God. Verse 4, obscene stories, foolish talk, and coarse jokes. These are not for you. Instead, let there be thankfulness to God. You can be sure that no immoral, impure, or greedy person will inherit the kingdom of Christ and of God. For a greedy person is an idolater worshiping the things of this world. It's been good today, and here's why. I think I, I felt going in, I sensed going in. He wants to talk to us about holiness and purity. But last thing, always remember who it comes from. It doesn't come from you. Anointing, or sorry, holiness and purity comes from Him. He's the Holy One. You can't be holy without the Holy One. So it's not trying harder, it's yielding more. It's surrendering more. Last one, 2 Corinthians 3.18. This is a powerful truth right here. Here's the principle. We don't create holiness and purity apart from God. He said, when you behold as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, when you set your eyes on Him, you become like Him. You get changed from glory to glory by the Spirit of the Lord. We heard it over and over again this morning. Don't worship your problems. Worship me. Look at me and you'll live. Holiness and purity will become byproducts of your fellowship with the Holy One. Does that make sense? Amen. Stand with me. Hey, can we give a hand to the worship team? Thank you guys for today. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Holy Spirit, this is not the end of something, but the beginning of something. What, what do you want to do? We open our heart and mind to you. Give you permission. What do you want to say? would you like for us to do
Hmm. Anyone with anything? You have something? Okay. So, um, holiness, um, kind of the way I explain it, is like it's responding to God's grace. And so God's grace is his leaning into us, and holiness is responding with our choices and our actions to line up with who we really are. You're not doing anything, right, to become more holy. Also, um, when you look at it in the word, um, the word holiness and sanctification are almost always interchangeably there. And so with that, that is what he does. Like, you can't sanctify yourself, but you also can't become more holy than what you are. It's just your choices lining up with it. So he gave me the scripture this morning, like, probably when Stephen picked up his guitar on stage. <laughs> and uh, I think it fits well here. It's Romans six twenty two. It says, Now as God's loving servant, you live in joyous freedom from the power of sin. So consider the benefits you now enjoy. You are brought deeper into the experience of true holiness Amen. that ends with eternal life. Amen. It's an experience. Holiness is just you experiencing the grace of God Amen. as you respond to it. Amen. And as you respond to it, your choices and your decisions and your thought processes line up with who you really are as holy and set apart. Amen. Good, Gretchen. That's why I like that image he showed me last week that starts on the head. He wants to anoint and sanctify my thoughts, my eyes, my ears, my mouth all the way to my shoulders, my heart, you know, and so forth. Go ahead. Check, check. Is check it? is in the mail. Right. Can you hear me? <laughs> so as you were speaking, I just really saw this little word I wanted to share. It's, I think it's so powerful. But we have this idea sometimes. We think that Jesus raised himself from the dead. But what came to my mind was the reality that when Jesus died on the cross, that he had to rely on another for the outcome. The Bible says that the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead mm, will give yeah. life to our mortal bodies. Amen. So you need to see the principle here that in, in Christ's obedience to the Father and his service to others, the spirit of God raised him to life. Amen. And that's what he'll do in us. Amen. Amen. So good. Go ahead. I want you to pray for it. All right. Just dismiss us in prayer. All right. It's been a great day, Father. We just love you this morning, God, and you're so good to us. I want to say one more thing and just profess thank you for your blood. So often, Father, I get caught up in the, but I did this, or I didn't do that, or what am I doing wrong, or what am I doing right? And I'm so grateful that I can rest in none of that matters. But everything that you've given to me comes through that blood and is provided by the provider, not by my effort. I pray that any of those who are in here today that are struggling to receive from the Father, and you're still trying in your own self-effort to get God to move on your behalf. He moves through that blood, and you honor Him when you put your trust in the blood of Jesus. It's an honor to the Father when you thank Him for what He's done rather than trying to get things from Him by what you do. And there's so much rest in that. Father, I pray today 
that as we go, we will continue to hear and listen throughout the week to hear what you're saying and to do what you're doing. And so we go now with your spirit, with your joy, with your love, and with your mission. In Jesus' name, be blessed. Amen.